Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. It's your girl. Thank you for tuning in for today's bonus episode with Dr. Camille Hammond, one of the co-founders of the Cade Foundation, which you may be familiar with if you're on social media and you keep up with all things fertility, infertility related, or loss. But I just want to give a few quick announcements and just say thank you for tuning in each week all the bonus episodes, all the regular content. I appreciate you guys so much. And also for watching on YouTube, if you have done so in the past, in the coming weeks, I will be continuing to use video for the podcast. If you prefer to watch instead of listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, it's fine. And if you haven't already, follow Infertility and Me Podcast on IG. Very simple to find me on Instagram. Very, very simple. Let's get connected. Let's stay plugged in with one another and support each other. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes because it definitely tricks the system into believing that we're having a blast here at Infertility and Me. So if you could do that, friend, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. And I will be forever grateful to you for that. You can also email or text any topic ideas that you would like featured on the show any specific guests that you would like to hear from on the show, text me or email me that too as well. Infertilityandme at outlook.com. And you can text 443-569-0642 as well if that's more convenient for you. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about Dr. Hammond before she arrives. And Dr. Hammond is the current CEO of the Cade Foundation. Before Camille and her husband, Dr. Jason Hammond, co-founded in 2005 the, the Cade Foundation, Camille practiced as a general practitioner for several years. She completed her undergraduate studies at the University of Richmond Medical School at the University of Maryland School of Medicine and residency at fellowship at Johns Hopkins and the National Cancer Institute respectively. Camille's passion and desire to open the Cade Foundation came when she and her husband, Dr. Jason Hammond, had their own unfortunate experience with infertility. Following five years of infertility, Dr. Tanina Cade, Camille's mother, carried and delivered triplet babies for them. So beautiful. Dr. Camille Hammond and her family were so overjoyed, they knew they not only had to share their story, but they had to help others. The Cade Foundation was then founded to provide support for families with infertility. Located in Owings Mills, Maryland, Dr. Camille Hammond and her family continue to support families overcoming infertility across the nation. In addition, Dr. Hammond is actively engaged in social, civic, community, and philanthropic efforts throughout the nation. Here's Dr. Hammond, you guys. Thank you, Dr. Hammond, for coming on to the podcast today and speaking with us about your in your organization at the Cade Foundation. And can we start with you guys' journey to parenthood? I know that you and your husband have a very unique journey. Yeah, so my husband and I met first week of medical school. Uh, he was my 
you know, my uh, knight in shining armor. And after what I would consider a fairy tale courtship, we got married after three years. And I knew that I had endometriosis, which is a condition that can make it hard for some women to get pregnant because the tissue that grows on the inside of the womb that is shed every month when a woman has her period was growing in other places, was growing in the wrong places. So we started trying to, to get pregnant immediately. And after a year, uh, we started seeing a fertility doctor. And uh, after another five years, basically we had not gotten pregnant. And we had had six rounds of IVF that had gone through to transfer and just had not been successful. And the doctor said, uh, you know, you guys don't have any more money. Yeah, you don't have any insurance. And there's no reason to believe that if you keep doing this thing, you're going to have any different results. Mm. And so we were brokenhearted um, and, and shared with my parents. And my mom and dad asked if my mom could carry a baby for me mm-hmm. because she they had seen it on 60 Minutes or some some TV show years prior. Yeah. And uh, my husband and I are both doctors. So we knew a little bit, but we were young doctors. And we had never heard of a 50-some-year-old mother carrying a baby for her daughter. Uh, so we just politely thanked them and moved on. But my parents were persistent and they said, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. Let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so after a lot of conversation, a lot of prayer, we decided to move forward just to see if my mom was healthy enough to do it. And her doctor said they didn't think it would kill her, Mm -hmm. but uh, they really couldn't kind of give much more uh, support other than that. But in faith, we moved forward and my mom was able to do at 55 what I was unable to do at 30. She conceived triplets and my triplets are now going on 16 years old. Wow. That is, that's incredible. That's, and that is so, that's like the epitome of unconditional love. And, you know, a lot of times it can only come from a mother or a father in that way. That's incredible. That's truly incredible. So Mm -hmm. that was the driving force at some point for you and your husband to open up the organization. Yeah. So we have been so blessed because we had information, you know, we were both physicians. So we had a lot of good information about what infertility is, what isn't, what it isn't, what causes it, the treatments available. We had financial support. We had insurance that helped us pay for some of the treatment. And then when we ran out of money and insurance, we had relatives who actually just lent us money. You know, my we got uh, money from my grandmother, my parents, my in-laws. Like we had a lot of people who really just pitched in to support us. And we still struggle. Like we still struggle to the point where it almost broke us as a couple, as me as a human. It, it mm. kind of brought me down to my lowest point. So if if we struggled and we had all of that, there yeah. are so many that didn't have any of that. They didn't have insurance. They didn't have people that they could talk to, even though we didn't have a lot of friends we could talk to. We had my parents. You know, we had Jason's parents. Um, we had family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, let's just let's just start this nonprofit and let's let's raise ten thousand dollars, give it back to one couple 
and then we'll go on about our lives. He'll continue being an orthopedic surgeon. I'll continue working in uh, preventive medicine. And that kind of desire to raise it and then leave it has mm-hmm. evolved to the point where, you know, we have supported over 127 families with up to $10,000 each. We've given out well over a million dollars in grants for fertility treatment and adoption throughout the country. And uh, we are able to provide ongoing support to patients through social media, education programs, and then fun things like fertility book club, which is a thing, you know, where we actually just find a book and we read it and we talk about it. Um, and you'd be surprised how many from really throughout the world tune in yeah. to Fertility Book Club because they're not able to to talk about this in in such um, transparent ways in other settings. So we we do all of that really to just pour back into and support the the community uh, of overcomers because we feel like no matter where you are on the journey, if you haven't given up, you're still overcoming because. Yeah. Just continuing, I think, is an act of resistance some days. Mm-hmm. Continuing through, through tears, just not giving up is an act of resistance. And I support it. Yeah, that's amazing. And so what was it like building the organization with your husband? And how? what was your parents' reaction? I know they were probably super proud and um, and just and just supporting you guys any way they could uh, still? Um, it was hard because I had I had no background in nonprofits. I was a physician. And so, and my husband is, he still practices. He's an orthopedic surgeon in the DMV. And so I had to learn everything kind of by doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, because we didn't have any extra money, I mean, even like filing to be a nonprofit, I did all of that myself. And at the time I was still working full time um, in a more clinical role. Um, And so I made so many mistakes. I still make a lot of mistakes, but I I felt like everything I did was wrong. But uh, thank God, you know, God didn't close the door. He just Mm -hmm. kept on encouraging me. No, no, that was wrong. But we can come on, come on, you'll be okay. Keep moving. Um, and every time I was at the point where I thought, I'm just going to give up, I'm just going to go back to, to what I know, what I'm familiar with, something would happen out of the blue to really just remind me, no, you're, you're where you're supposed to be. Keep yeah. moving. Yeah. What point in the organization's existence did you stop uh, practicing clinically as a physician? About three years in. About three years in. About three years in, I just decided that um, I was going to really dedicate my time to Cade um, because I felt like I was the limiting factor. You know, we weren't growing to do as much of the work that we intended to because I was working Cade as a part, part, part time job because I had right. a full time real job. I had three babies who right. needed me and who I had prayed for and waited mm-hmm. on and done all this to have. I had a husband, you know, I I had all of these other important pieces that were, um, you know, that I really was focusing my time and attention on. But I've always believed if I'm going to do something, I need to do it well, do things in excellence. Mm 
Yeah. So I needed to decide if I wanted to continue playing with Kay or dedicate some time to it to see if it could grow and to be, and become a, a real resource, which I'm really pleased to say that because I've had great people come alongside mm-hmm. me that made similar choices. Uh, I think it has grown into what our vision was, our, our vision of the potential was mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that, but there's, still so much more that we could do so yeah and coming on shows like yours we're able to talk about that work yeah yeah that's amazing um nonprofit has always been something that I've always been interested in and I find the process fascinating and just the uniqueness of every organization and how they bring something different to the table you know even in the same niche so when you started working, I know it had been scary coming out of the clinical setting and having had dedicated, you know, most of your adult life to being a physician. I know it had to be pretty scary and you were like, God, am I doing this right? Like, what are you know what I mean? Um, praying and, and manifesting the people to come along to put on your board and, and how did, how did it work with your board members? Was it teeth and nails or did it kind of like start to begin to flow? once you began to dedicate more time to the organizations uh, building it? I think me coming on board full time and treating it like a real job instead of like a part-time hobby made a a huge difference. Um, Initially, my board was mostly family and close friends, some Mm -hmm. of whom are still on the board. They've been great members, very strong supporters. They've done the work. Some of whom are no longer connected um, you know, I think when you start a nonprofit, the important part is to start and you'll refine your programs. You'll refine how you do things, your processes. Uh, you'll, you'll kind of fix whatever is not perfect, but some, sometimes I think people wait so long until they have everything perfect mm-hmm. to the point where, first of all, nothing is ever going to be perfect, Right. but opportunities may have kind of moved on uh, because they were they were scared so it's 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 a different organization than when it first started Um, but I think that the essential work that we always planned to do and we hoped to be able to do we're still doing that work which makes me really really happy and uh, proud yeah so when you I want to talk about the kinds of events that you guys normally do before COVID of course and um so what do you guys focus on a lot when you do have meetings in person with the community and connecting with, uh, you know, overcomers and sufferers of uh, fertility and infertility issues? So I'm really pleased to share that we are doing all of the work that we did before COVID still. Mm. It's just that work has gone from in person to virtual. So now we do it online and in some ways, that's even better because there are people who were afraid to attend events because they didn't want to be, you know, outed as having infertility mm-hmm. by showing up to an infertility event. Well, you can hide behind your computer screen. I mean, you know, nobody knows who you are on the computer. Nobody can see your face if you lock the camera. So um, we do a lot of types of um, programs to support families. We do fun activities. Um, we have for instance, coming up in September, 
a Pathways to Parenthood event at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, which is mm-hmm. a large church in the D.C., Maryland. Yeah, I'm familiar uh, with that. Not too far from me, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've done that every year for the past, I want to say, eight or nine years. We're going to have a fertility doctor, an adoption expert, mental health provider, uh, a complementary health person, an expert who deals with diet and nutrition and acupuncture. Um, and I might have forgotten someone, uh, a urologist who okay. deals with reproductive health. So we'll have them on to talk about the uh, Pathways to Parenthood and the leader of the Abraham's Promise Ministry, uh, Reverend Skip and Beverly Little, will talk about how to reconcile your faith with infertility. Because mm-hmm. some people feel like, well, I'm doing all the right things. God, why are you mad at me? Why are you punishing me? Mm-hmm. And um, so we, you know, we'll be doing that. That's just an example. We have the same type of activity at one of the largest churches in the Houston metro area. Uh, we also do multidisciplinary grand rounds for healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you're a general OBGYN, your focus is not infertility. Your right. focus really in large part is dealing with healthy women and, you know, helping people who don't want to have get pregnant. And so we want to make sure that our generalists are aware about infertility and that they know about local community resources so that they can provide appropriate guidance to women who come in um, and are struggling with infertility. We um, also have Fertility Book Club. I mentioned that, which is a really fun Fun activity. You pick a, we pick a book. The group picks a book every month. We read it, and then we talk about it. We have, you know, patients. We've got fertility doctors. We have people who are just interested in the book. We get we have all types of people who um, join in. Um, and then every other Monday on our social media uh, networks, uh, at least Facebook and Instagram, we have a program called Coffee with Cade, yes. where we talk about a fertility and an adoption related topic. Uh, I believe our last, last week it was um, birth parent perspectives. So we had a man who had, um, he and his girlfriend conceived a baby when he was in high school and they placed the child up for adoption. Mm. He has reconciled with the child. um, But often when people adopt, they, you know, their question is, is, how am I going to deal with this birth parent? Is the kid going to love me? Are they going to decide they don't want me? Are they going to reject me? Will the birth parent want to come take my baby away from me? So I think it was good hearing his side. And he's now married with, you know, two daughters that he he and his wife um, are are raising. And so um, the session before that was... um, uh, domestic versus international fertility treatment. Mm-hmm. Some people are looking at the cost of fertility treatment and deciding that they want to get care, you know, in, in the Caribbean where it may be a lot cheaper or South America. Um, and so we had someone who was able to talk about that experience. Uh, I think our next episode is going to be on the value of, no, donor gametes. Okay. Looking at donor gametes. So, Uh, Many people at this point are, many women are delaying childbearing for professional reasons um, and, or maybe they're just not married or they may just not 
want to have children when they're at their reproductive kind of prime. Mm-hmm. And the longer you wait as a woman, the less likely you're, ha- you're going to have good, strong, healthy eggs. Yeah. Uh, because unfortunately, we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. Yeah. Men make fresh sperm every single day until they're probably 100. Yeah. But women, you have whatever you're going to have the day that you're born. Yeah. And so just like if you left eggs in the refrigerator for, let's say, five years, those eggs would not be great quality. They might they just might not be good for eating. Same thing happens to our eggs in our body. And so many women are using donor eggs um, to help conceive a baby. And there are other groups that use donor eggs and donor sperm. Sometimes men's sperm quality is poor, so they would use a donor. People who are single and want to have babies, um, obviously, you only have one set of gametes, and you need two two sets of gametes to uh, conceive, and and also those who are in same-sex relationships. Um, So uh, our next topic is going to be on donor eggs and donor sperm, everything you may want to know about who has it, you know, who gets it? Why do they get it? What are some of the unique challenges? What are some of the benefits, costs, all of that good stuff? Yeah. Um, so we, we do that every other Monday. Um, on the fun side of things, we have a couple of activities that um, I think are great. I mean, infertility is stressful. You know that. Yeah. You know that yeah. when you were going through it, it's like a burden and you walk around and you feel like you can't tell people because you don't want to feel judged. Uh, but sometimes you just want to relax in a, in a safe space. So we have these activities. We always give away fertility stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's supportive of the fertility community. Um, we've got uh, the Maryland Corks with K, which is actually virtual. It's a sip and paint event mm-hmm. on uh, August the 29th, and we ship you out the all the painting supplies, and we have a, a celebrity artist, and you know he's going to kind of guide us through some fun um, art artwork, and you get to keep your own artwork, and then also we're going to have some wine games and wine challenges, and we'll be giving away some big prizes to people who win. Uh, those they're not drinking games. It's like mm-hmm. um, like virtual game night yeah. type yeah. games. Um, so that's on August 29th. We also have uh, a sip and chef event. Okay. On September the 12th. That's usually in California, but you know this year it's it's virtual, mm-hmm. and we will be shipping out the wine. And for some tickets, we'll ship out the groceries. Okay. And everybody gets a, a chef, uh, an apron, and we'll be cooking with a celebrity chef, uh, preparing a perfect wine pairings. Yeah. And then we'll have the sommelier at both events that will walk us through the experience of tasting the wine. Um, we have our race for the family, which usually is in Baltimore metro area. Um, and that is going to be wherever you are. Again, it's virtual. So some people... We had part one in June and part two was in October, October 10th, raceforthefamily.com. Mm-hmm. And you walk a 5K, you jog it, you can bike it, you can pogo stick it. You just move 3.2 miles and we're shipping out the shirts and the race medals. 
um, for the Maryland Corks event and for the Race for the Family, we're giving away $10,000 in treatment at Shady Grove Fertility. Um, the, the raffle, the people who register for both are entered into the same raffle. Gotcha. And that will be drawn at the race on October the 10th. Uh, the people who participate in the, uh, the Sip and Chef event, which is the California Corks with Kay, um, are entered into when a, a free cycle of donor eggs from Donor Egg Bank USA. Wow. Um, so those are some pretty big gifts. Yeah, uh, huge. The, the free cycle is worth 10000 and the, the, the free cycle of IVF is worth about 10000 The free cycle of uh, donor eggs is worth about 15,000. Mm. Um, and so, and then we have our gala, which is November the 14th. Okay. And that's usually our celebration of and for families overcoming infertility, where the whole event is to honor the, the journey mm -hmm. and the victory that we know will come if you don't give up. Uh, this year, uh, we had a fabulous event planned, Lady in a Blue. L-E-D-I-N-E-R-B-L-E-U.com. Mm -hmm. And we have just converted that to an online event. So your dinner will be delivered. Wow. We're using local restaurants from throughout the country. Okay. So we're, we'll be supporting local businesses, but everyone will get a knock at their door at around between 5 and 6 p.m. So we'll be okay. delivering 500 meals. Uh, we'll have your wine shipped to you. We'll have live DJ. Everyone mm -hmm. is still expected to come look in there. Uh, A1. Bring in their sparkle and yeah. shine. Yeah. Okay. Um, we want you to feel like you've had an experience. We will be shipping out centerpieces mm -hmm. and are, are going to ask everyone to prepare a space in their home where they can feel like they had an experience, but we'll all be connected because we'll have the same centerpieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll have a comedian, a live a uh, uh, comedian that is well known, okay. um, and I'm excited about that. That's gonna um, be super fun. Uh, yeah. For dancing, you know, if you want to cut the rug a little bit afterwards, you can ask for your favorite song. But we just want to give families a reason to remember and to just pause and um, smile. Yeah, smile yeah. and celebrate. Yeah. So those are some things that we have coming up uh, for the rest of the year. And I hope that you'll join us for at yeah. least a few hours. Yes, I definitely, I definitely was. Because yesterday I was looking, um, someone from your organization has sent me the flyer for the 5K walk and run. So I, oh, definitely, I definitely wanted to sign up for that. I do a lot of walk in my neighborhood. So it's like perfect. Oh, sure. And then um, I didn't know about the gala though and all the other things that you guys did. I should have looked more uh, deeply into the website to find out, but I did get the flyer for the 5K runs. So I'll definitely sign up for that. This is like okay. amazing. I didn't know that you guys did that much. I didn't know. That's what I get for not reading the freaking website in its entirety. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? It's it's okay. But, you know, our goal is really to just connect folks to the community to remind people that they're not alone. So I've talked about kind of our work kind of facing outward. This is what we do for the public. Yeah. I haven't talked about what we do for our families. So when we do have this grant mm -hmm. that would provide up to $10,000 for fertility treatment or adoption, and we give out between five and 10 grants a year. We don't give out money that we don't have, but we right. give out most of what we have. 
And so when our families come into the K community, when they receive a grant, mm-hmm. um, they get paired up with another family that's either geographically not far from them or who's dealing with whatever their, their same cause of okay. uh, infertility is. They have a board trustee who is assigned to them to check in on them and to provide ongoing support and care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our families, they really do form a very strong family bond um, to the point where they travel with one another. Our Race for the Family event, um, we usually have a family reunion where we have many families that are within the K um, organization come back and they bring their children and, you know, five, six, seven, we do birthday parties at the family reunion. I mean, you know, we call it, we call the babies K cousins. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not Dr. Kate, I'm auntie Camille. Mm-hmm. So we really try and, um, stay connected and, and really support one another, um, as we're going through, as you know, with this yeah, experience, it doesn't always work. No, you know, everybody doesn't get pregnant. No. Um, and our commitment is to be with you through the duration. So, some of our families never got pregnant and some of them moved on to uh, different other pathways to parenthood. Yeah. And we love on those babies that came. However, yeah. uh, the same way we would love on them if they had been conceived using the, the Cade money. They're all part of the family, just like a real family, right? Yeah, you know, how absolutely. You, come, absolutely. you still family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that um, in this niche of of um, medical issues because, you know, infertility is a disease. You know this, you're a doctor. I don't have to tell you. But for those who are listening that may not know, infertility is classified as a disease. It sure is. And that's why so many states are fighting hard to have it regulated for insurance companies to cover the cost of it when there's a medical diagnosis, such as azospermia, when there's no sperm, you know, available in the man's ejaculate. And then for women like myself with hormonal conditions and uterine polyps and unexplained infertility, that's a really big one when women don't have any uh, physical uh, issue with their body and their husband doesn't either, but they're not getting pregnant, you know? And so uh, I think it's really important for us to connect. And I tell you guys all the time to connect with organizations and community memberships like Dr. Camille's organization, because you have all the resources and tools right at your very feet. And it's just important to also connect with other warriors or sufferers or overcomers in this space so that, we can, um, like Dr. Camille said, you know, be a family and ride this wave together. Amen. <laughs> the long takes, you know, and just stay that's right. And then that's what I really love about the fertility spaces because even after you're on the other side, as some people would say, you know, you still can be a part in to help someone else um, after you and just. And you're needed. Yeah. You need you more, more than ever because you <laughs> represent a hope. Like if I can see that, it worked for you, then I can believe maybe it'll work for me, you know, because yeah. your case was just as bad as mine. Maybe your case was worse. Yeah. And I see you standing there, a parent. So sometimes that's the little, that's the whisper of hope that you need mm-hmm. to just not give up. Because uh, what, what I found is just because you give up on a thing doesn't mean you stop thinking about it. Yeah. You just feel bad because you gave up and you still, you still don't have it. Why not just keep moving and pushing and and fighting and believing until you can get that thing? 
Yeah, this is amazing, Dr. K, uh, Dr. Camille. I appreciate you so much for coming on and, and letting us into, into the world of the Cade Foundation. And I'm loving the events you have coming up, especially during COVID and people dealing with depression and not being able to get connected to uh, family and then not being able to get connected to fertility sisters and brothers, you know, and, and, and having meetups anymore. Um, people are doing things in small numbers, like taking walks together if they live in the same city I've seen on right. Instagram, but uh, doing these events and like you said, celebrating the journey, no matter how difficult it is and, and then just getting connected. So this is, this is awesome. And I hope that you guys will, excuse me, attend some of the events that the Cave Foundation has organized and have coming up you. and Thank find you. your tribe. Tribe, hey, listen. Tribe at the K Foundation, okay? We're here. And you know what, Monique? I'll, I'll just say this right now. Uh, are you a reader? Do you like to read? Oh, um, yeah, I love it. Always have been. Always have been. Absolutely. Well, then I enjoy I, uh I invite you to join us for this next Fertility Book Club, which will be uh, in September. I'll send you the flyer if you don't okay. mind sharing about it. It's yeah, free. Really? All you have to do is get the book or download the book mm-hmm. or you can even listen to it uh, as you're taking a bath or whatever um, and come prepared to to engage. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I tell you, there are there were women from Sierra Leone, Nigeria, of course, California, New York, tech, like every place. Um, at our last book club, we read Stay With Me by Ayobami Adebayo, which is mm. an amazing book, period. But because it does have a strong fertility theme, mm-hmm. it was more powerful, you know, in that setting. But it's just uh, if you like to read and you like to talk about books, especially with interesting people, this is a great thing. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to get plugged in. I'm definitely going to take my own advice and get connected and plugged in with the book club. I, and I um I don't always get to sit down and read, but I do a lot of listening, you know, audio. Yeah. Listening. yeah. And, I, and that's why I started the podcast. because I was like, hey, I can do this, too. You know, listening to right. other podcasts all the time. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. And I'm definitely going to try to do the 5K. I might have to take the baby with me. He might be fussing if I go out. Well, you know, we have one of these for the t-shirts for the little ones, and we have one of these for the little ones. So we take care of all of our, we celebrate our our little uh, rainbow babies. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in to Infertility and Me. Dr. K, can you give us the handles in which we connect with you online and on social media for everybody to follow? Absolutely. At Cade Foundation. So at C-A-D as in David E. Foundation. Um, And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, if you want more information about our grant or you want to sign up for one of our events, you can find us on cadefoundation.org. That's at C-A-D-E-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N.org. And Grants are reviewed twice a year. Our applications are online right now. So you could go online right now, download an application, complete an application, and they're reviewed uh, starting February 1st and July 1st of every year. So you've got plenty of time to put together an application um, if that's something that you think may benefit you and your family. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you guys know that I will have it in the show notes so that you may tap and go um, connect with Dr. Camille's organization 
on social media as well as their website for all of their grant information, all their events and things like that. So thank you friends for tuning in to Infertility and Me. Peace and blessings.